Food Junkie Radio, week two of week uh, two, Pablo's season new life. Two, volume two. I know. What's up? How is uh, how's having days off? How's the first week of work? Everything yeah, it's good? Uh, so I've had two weeks of work. The first week was like a normal week. It was a four day week, mm-hmm. and which is you know in quotes normal week. Normal yeah. week for that restaurant, not for most people, and that was cool. Just you know getting up to speed, trying to learn the menu of like how things are done uh, in that kitchen and where things go, who is proficient at what, things like that. Second week was Valentine's Day week, mm. so we added that day to do five days. And uh, I feel much better about my abilities at the end of the week than I did at the start. I went in an extra day just to help get myself set up so that there wouldn't be so many people around so I could, you know, have a little bit more free movement in the kitchen, which just makes things easier without so many people in your way. And that was nice, just to have a nice setup to start the week since Tuesday was Valentine's Day and I knew it was gonna be busy. So, you know, just trying to get myself as prepared as possible in a new environment where I don't really know everything yet. And now getting ready to go into the last week of this menu because the menu changes every month mm-hmm. drastically and getting involved with events and stuff that are coming up in this coming month and just really feeling like okay I kind of know my job a little bit still a little bit more getting up to speed to do but feeling good feeling good and exciting that this is my second of three days off (laughs) which is weird you know basically rested all day yesterday and most part today so now I got time to kind of hang out do one of these hang out and see some people tomorrow like i have a life nice so let's do it is it kind of weird trying to get that part of your life kind of going again yeah it's 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 weird because i got so used to my days off just like oh i just want to rest i just want to rest because it's like i gotta like i just want to do laundry and i just want to sleep and i have to like remind myself like no dude you have more than like 24 hours yeah off like go to your friend's kid's birthday party and see everybody like you're gonna enjoy it and you're not gonna be so tired because you still have time off after it's not like okay you did your one thing for that day and you did nothing else and now it's like oh i didn't get any sleep it's like no i got to do that go hang out with another friend last night and into this morning and slept a lot already so Kinda I'm already nice. feeling like energized and ready for the week to start. And I still got one more full day off to kind of, I don't know, deal with regular people activities, right? Yeah. Maybe go out for dinner with some friends or get some like regular life paperwork, like health insurance stuff and in, in check and, you know, pretend like I'm a real person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that is the, I got to think there's a lot of restaurants adopting that schedule the four day yeah i mean it's kind of nice um i don't know it's still really strange for me so i don't know how much i like it or dislike it Mm. uh it's so different to not only am i only working four days but it's like the restaurant is only open four days so it's not like i'm on four days but the restaurant's still open so i'm still kind of like Oh, did I leave my station set up enough for the next person, you know? <laughs> they going to call me in? Is it an emergency or, time? Yeah, am I going to get called in? And, you know, oh, maybe I should just go out of town so I can't get called in. You know? <laughs> the angst. Things like that. Yeah. And especially, you know, having a new role where I'm not, like, in charge. 
mm. the scheduling and all the ordering it's like now i'm responsible for my station responsible for looking over other people's areas and make sure they're doing things correctly but i only have to do like the protein ordering i don't have to deal with like 12 different farms <laughs> i don't have to deal with like all the hr paperwork i don't have to do the scheduling yeah you know so yeah it's I get to the end of my weeks. The, I got at the end of these first two weeks. I realized I wasn't even as tired as typically, even though the days were longer, um, but they were easier because my responsibilities were so much less. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's different. interesting. Yeah. yeah, different. Still adjusting to it for sure. I'm. I'd be interested to see how I feel in a couple of months about it. Mm. Whether it's not going to be challenging enough or. When I fully get a grasp of my responsibilities, I imagine will go up a little bit more. I think they're taking it easy on me, letting me kind of get in the flow. But, you know, that all remains to be seen. Just taking it one step at a time. Mm, yeah. Very nice. Is that, see, this is what I'm fascinated by, talking about restaurants adopting that new scheduling. I'm thinking that that's only restaurants that can survive that. Yeah. You know, whether it's you game plan out the gate, knowing you're going to have four days for those, all those reasons. Because I've seen a couple of restaurants kind of, like I said, adopted. None of them, I think they're all varying levels of restaurants. However, that displays out. Yeah. I think at this point, I think restaurants just do different things. Some go for different accolades. Some kind of focus different things. That's what I'm to assume nowadays. Before, it seemed a little more cut and dry. Big box, you know, mm -hmm. uh, big business. And then family-owned run restaurant. And then you have your restaurants that are you know uh one-offs or private owned yeah i think what we're seeing now is there's a lot more of those which is great and they're of varying types i think we're seeing too that quantity the importance of quantity has gone way down mm -hmm. even for like the fine dining restaurants it was still like how many people can we fit mm -hmm. you know the family restaurants how many people can we fit obviously the chain restaurants they're pumping people in and out. I remember when I worked at Chipotle, they kept track of how many transactions per hour. Oh, yeah. And yeah, there was yeah. like a metric that you were supposed to hit. I can't remember any of what that was anymore, but where now I think we're starting to see restaurants that are, I don't want to say just quality because the quality is still important at those places, but maybe like very curated, almost like a art exhibit would be like, okay, yeah. we're doing, we're doing this, this, and this. And like, even if something is really good, it, if it just doesn't match with everything else, we're probably just going to exit out. Mm -hmm. Even though people would appreciate it, we would rather like curate the experience of these 10 paintings or these eight menu items. And even though maybe menu items nine and 10 would work with it, let's just hold off on them. Because then it's almost like a marketing ploy of like, oh yeah, we have these two things coming up. So mm -hmm. you have to come back now, mm -hmm. you know, rather than just like, oh, I like that place because I get this, that, and the other. It's like, oh man, that place, I need to go back because what's coming up next. Yeah. And the anticipation. Makes sense. It is like art. I think the expression, the way you detailed that, it does make sense because you, what you're paying for as a patron is the true experience. I was talking to uh, another industry person the other day uh, very quickly about just kind of his his views on those distinctions of, you know, restaurants that take on that kind of favor or that, right. you know, 
for instance, Michelin star restaurants, you know, uh, highly yelped restaurants, Zagat surveyed. Yep. There's all types of distinctions now. Um, and then kind of, you know, like you said, back to the curating the experience, that's those restaurants that you hear about in the small sphere of the world where it's like Noma and El Bulli. Like, oh, shit, these are the ones, and you look into them or you see them, and they're just like that. You pay for them to impart their, you know, their expression of their art. Yeah. And in their ethos, in, in their kitchen, their ethos is, you know, this is how we're, this is my vision, and I'll execute. I, it's... it's it's fascinating. I think it's, I think it's great, because I have a newfound understanding or respect for just food in general. And I think what fine dining, quote unquote, restaurants do, is take the time to curate their best to their ability to get each product to your plate, and it's very, almost like kept an eye on the entire time. <laughs> it's yeah. like. I know the guy who's touching your uh, squash yeah. blossoms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I know how he does it. Yeah. He showed me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Start to finish. So it's like really, truly being the facilitator. So yeah, in actually, that regard, it's just very... Just even add into Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. We, my boss and I, we went and made caviar with someone in town recently. Mm, and okay. like saw the process from the fish being in, in the pond to the caviar in the jar in mm. one day. And took a long longer than we thought it was going to but that was uh you know one super knowledgeable for us but then two you know in the future if we end up going with that person then we like when someone comes in and has a question it's like not only do we have just a answer we have like a complete as much detail as they yeah. want because it's like two different people from the restaurant saw it saw it from a fish and the whole facility that he had to catching that fish getting it out how it gets not how it gets put down humanely how the caviar gets extracted how do you dodge getting like any question you have about that we saw yeah like how do you wash the caviar we saw it yeah it, so that's like yeah the curation and i also just want to add i think even smaller restaurants are doing a little curating now too mm -hmm. where um like a bistro place, you know, they have items that people, that they start taking off for half the year because they're like, oh, it doesn't make sense now. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, maybe they would have always gone through a general produce distributor that could get them just just about anything at any time. Even they're starting to work with, like, the farm directly. And, yeah. like, well, we can't really use that right now because the farm, we, we get all of our leafy greens from doesn't have dandelion right now or, or something like that yeah so it's interesting to see how that trickle down of like what happens in fine dining how it starts sifting its way down and what people who need a, a little bit more volume and don't have the resources to be so finite and meticulous all day who rely on that volume how that curation gets disseminated into into different price points yeah it's fascinating for me to watch it's a and slow slow burn yeah. yeah and then just to watch like how the average diner knows things and like uh what is it like mary's chickens now <clears throat> how that was like the thing forever that's like the standard you know mm -hmm. it's not even like special anymore and it's almost starting to get to the point where some people are like oh it's just mary's and it's like dude like yeah yeah the company has changed over time it's not the exact same company as when it first started but it's still like a really high product and for you to come in and say oh it's just mary's like yeah oh as almost if 
is that like on par with like commodity chicken like i don't it's 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 interesting i i like it you know yeah i always say i want the challenge the challenge harder fine yeah you know it makes it more interesting trying to achieve something better as long as people appreciate it Mm -hmm. uh i but you know it's a fine line from getting too too challenging to accomplish and trying to maintain all the balances that you need to yeah yeah, that is very difficult because it, it goes so far to the point where it's like, well, you're losing track of the purpose, yeah. you know, and that's, I think that's the beautiful part about, you know, cooking, I guess. And I was thinking, I was just like, oh man, just, you know, uh, you were talking about the menu, right? The, the, menu? the movement. Uh, I yeah. haven't seen it, but you've okay. seen it. So yeah, you, know, you can take some notes, spoiler alerts, if anything, go ahead. Yeah, I just watched that movie, The Menu. I still don't know how I feel exactly about watching it, but the more I've removed from watching it as I uh, the more interested I was when I watched it I was like this movie's kind of stupid and mm. I didn't really like it that much but um, it does have a lot of funny commentary on just different perso- personas personalities that exist in the restaurant world and uh, I think I, I, don't, I just don't know if like the average moviegoer would get it exactly mm-hmm. and maybe that's the point is that not everyone gets it but I don't know it was it, it, it was funny for me to bring to light all these people who think that they're more important than the restaurant when they come in, you know, <laughs> or, or just that mindset of like, I'm more important than another person is just weird to me. Cause you know, for me, I'm just like, dude, everyone's important. Like mm-hmm. from where I work and what I do, I just want people to come in and enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. And to me, if like someone could enjoy themselves on a Costco hot dog, post dog, I'm game. Yeah. Dude, because you should go out to eat and have a good time. You know, you shouldn't have to, or if like the good time part, that's like subjective. You know, some people want the super like contemporary and like, oh, all the theatrics, that's how they enjoy the food. And some people just like, I just want it cooked well. Mm -hmm. I just want my burger. If I say medium rare, I want it medium rare. Mm -hmm. I just want my, I don't know. No, I can't think of anything else cooked to temperature. But medium rare. That's it. Uh, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, if I ask for my fish well done, yeah. I want it well done, but eggs. not burnt on eggs the outside. Eggs over medium, eggs yeah. over hard. You know, and that's all they want. And so why shouldn't the restaurant provide that? Yeah. You know? It, it's just interesting when there's so much subjectivity to what's happening mm. for people to use so many objective terms to describe things. Like, technically for sure some things are right or wrong but just because something is objectively wrong it could still be subjectively right Mm -hmm. right yes you know what i mean if if that's what people because there's that whole phase everyone through of like burnt onion stuff yes you know Mm -hmm. technically Mm -hmm. you you burned it yeah that's technically technically wrong but But, spin this (laughs) but you did do it on purpose so Mm -hmm. then is it technically wrong hard it starts living in this weird world of yeah, oh, char, dude. People yeah. are hard char. That's like a whole thing, yeah. you know, because it's levels. For me, when I say char, or when someone says grill, I assume that there's going to be some burnt you parts know, parts on it yeah. from the fire. I'm taste some charcoal, and um, that was something I learned at my last place. Is not everyone anticipates that they think of like their propane grill at home, mm-hmm. which has like the very almost like this table does like very wide slats, mm-hmm. and they expect just where the slats were to be like 
golden brown and then everything else should be like a little bit paler there should be no burn and i'm like for me that doesn't even make sense (laughs) you know but that's just how i grew up i grew up with my mom insisted Mm -hmm. on using open fire not propane yeah and it's not to say that other people are wrong no you know it's just you meet these people so convenient yeah oh Oh yeah for sure you just turn off there's none of this like chimney thing and like oh we want to grill something tonight Okay, well, did anyone save any newspaper? Do we mm. got any, you know, like... See, propane is one of those things. I'm like, yo, man, that is... As much as natural cooking is amazing, yeah. propane yeah, if is If you do hello so marinating, yeah. like, who's to say that you're really going to miss out on anything? Yeah, that's true. You know, especially if you don't like the char flavor, then yeah. you're not missing out on nothing. So, yeah, cooking, I think, is an interesting... Kitchen Restaurants are an interesting thing because they really do ride the line between things that are objectively correct and subjectively correct and it's up to interpretation always always fighting that yeah Yeah. perception interpretation it's it's i always say it's the one thing that is all the senses okay Mm -hmm. and uh my brother actually said that and and i was like that's a truth i think he said that anyways my new boss says that too yeah there's one dish that when he explains it yeah it's like Food is the ultimate medium because it engages every single sense. Yeah, all the you senses. You can hear it, mm-hmm. taste it, feel it. Smell it. Smell it. Taste it. We're missing one. I don't know what it is. Taste, we smell. See it. See I it. Mean, see yeah, it. all that. But like music, can't you can hear it. it. You can't taste it. Yeah, see? That's why. Yeah. That's the that's the key element. That's why I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm with you in your perception of the, as long as the association is food, it should equal fun. Mm-hmm. in general or feeling yeah. good if we're talking about feelings food equals like happy that's it like yeah. there shouldn't i mean all the other stuff around the conversation is there to be talked about mm-hmm. and i think that comes with understanding just where yourself the individual understands food because yeah. we only inherit you know how we I, pre- like what you were talking about with yeah. the grill and thing you don't know that the person came in only does propane and you're like well no. i was born on fire it's not a wrong answer what it is is oh interesting well this is a new experience and now i have to change my perception and that this is the things that always bring me back to like the food has to taste good is objective number one mm-hmm. right the food has to taste good subjective. in in my objective, personal def in my personal definition all the extra things of like let's use this ingredient specifically let's use this farm specifically let's not use those paper products specifically those are all secondary to me uh and other people aren't going to agree with that but like part of operating your own place is you have to make those decisions for you and you realize that you're going to attract certain people and you have to be confident that the decisions you make are going to attract a enough of a majority to keep you in business and then i it also brings me back to the education thing like people being like oh my salmon's burnt and you know just telling them you know just so you know the grill we use has open fire on it it's not i mean it is gas but there's flames shooting up mm-hmm. it's gonna yeah. it's gonna get some of that you'll get some of that you know, and if you don't want it that way please let us know mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> see that's just strange. that communication uh, but see it's like an artist though people don't come in this is what i want to see yeah you're like nope this is what i'm presenting and i think that's what in the food world is when you have enough balls to basically just put your shit out there and be like, look, this is what I charge to experience my shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. 
or come inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is cool because if that is like ultimately it, what it is. Yeah. If you don't like it, that mm-hmm. sucks. Like, I wish you did, but yeah. I have to move on with my life. I, yeah. I can't change it just for you. Yeah. That's why it's so interesting. The dynamic of the industry is. Well, that's where the, all the ego always comes in. It has it's to. Like, we well, have to have. It's like surgeons. Yes. have to have a god complex yeah, they have, have to. to you can't yeah. do that job Certainly without it more so because that's life and death they're kind of dealing yeah. with you, food it's you because there's no right answer yeah. so it's really your it's just you pounding your truth as hard as possible yeah. and displaying and as much and that people yeah. agree with you and, it, and then mm. you have to be honest with yourself and like if enough people don't agree with you you have to be willing to change you know? maybe or if you see your business going under be like maybe I am wrong Maybe yeah. I need to revisit, you know. But see, I think that's what but makes. You can't be scared of that. Yes, that's you, that's. You, you can't allow yourself to become scared of that, because mm-hmm. then you will, you will never change. You'll you'll never fix it. You'll never figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's weird though. It's weird to just like have that blind confidence. Yeah. But you have to have it. Well, because it's in like you said, the world is subjective. It's like this is just my interpretation, um, but I am also feeding you, so. There's a lot of things that, you know, are going on and mm-hmm. it's just such a strange, uh, strange business, I guess, yeah. you know, especially in the idea that this is more of a, we're growing more into a city. So there isn't as much of familiarity with your, uh, patrons as something like in a small town. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah, yeah. you could have kind of yeah, uh, yeah, that Sacramento, bistro feel. Mean, like yeah. Sacramento versus like, uh, I don't know, one of those small cities on the Delta. Small cities I, I on the Delta. Of, I can't think of mm-hmm. a single name. Like a Clarksburg. Yeah, Clarksburg. Where yeah. probably that restaurant, they know like 90% yeah. of their yeah, customer Taste base. up in Plymouth. Shouts out to Taste. They taste. have their deep, and yeah. but they have their, you know, they have their people, their following. Great place. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, yeah, it's strange because now it becomes unfamiliar people coming in with preconceived notions especially the more you're out there in the media of the world and if you're a restaurant that's always on promotion that's just what it is i think the way all the things we ever talked about on the pod you know people becoming more well equipped with knowledge about food the changing of the industry back and front of the house um you know the food trends is is normal trends um you know and just kind of where food's at Mm -hmm. because you kind of at the heartbeat of what you know what the trend is but also what people are willing to eat and it's like one doesn't guide another it's just kind of a leap of faith on both (laughs) it's all these different parts of food too like have been progressing independently and with each other yes like we're always talking about like growing your own meat stuff like Mm -hmm. some people are into that and or the gmo stuff some people are fine with it some people aren't and it is a it is a medium in which there are unlimited amount of factors and for me i just figured at some point you just have to choose what you believe in Mm -hmm. and the things that you don't that you're not sure then just don't pick and if someone brings you information just be like okay that's interesting i you know um like how you were saying like people are so scared to be wrong that they'll just like didn't you know yeah and it's like it's not even that you're wrong it's that you didn't even choose yet yeah you don't have to have if you don't know what happened or if you don't have the knowledge no one's telling you you have to have an opinion Mm -hmm. like you can just be like you know i've heard arguments on both sides i'd I'd love to hear what you have to say yeah be open to an idea and then it then it puts the impetus on the other person to share with you and you know that they also have to find a way to like communicate with you 
without just like trying to steamroll you mm -hmm. yeah it's weird though it's hard for people to do that well because i mean as, as humans you we are, we're trying to constantly figure out how to be ourselves <laughs> figure out ourselves on our own and then now on top of that try to you know get along with your fellow man yeah you know after the last couple of years and you know how people are more social media conscious and consumed you know I, I don't think that necessarily changes the way that people interact but i know that it most likely has in the way people behave and then how people behave with each other mm -hmm. and i think people don't real rec really recognize that yeah and people develop at like different times oh yeah you know i'm I, still <laughs> i think i think we're starting to i think people are starting to finally grasp that that like yeah dude like two 15 year olds are not the same place two oh yeah a 25 year old and a 40 year old could be the same place mentally yeah it doesn't even mean that the 25 year old is better than the 40 year old yeah it just means that that's just where they are today mm -hmm. you know uh, I, d I just thought of that because I'm like looking around seeing all the people do these homework and it was making me think of like dude when I was doing like reading homework and you're like reading a book and like I'll highlight I only highlighted because the teacher said that you had to right <laughs> but then I was doing something the other day some menu stuff and I was like oh you know it'd be a good thing to write down is this and I was like holy shit like if only I had been in this place when I was in college I would have yeah, been good. such a better student but you know, so be it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think those things just uh, the way the video game mind works is they show up and they play a part somewhere down the road, whether it's a for you or against you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like you had to go through that college shit for you to, you know, understand it now. Yeah. You had to go through the like, I don't get why this is important. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. I don't. And then all of a sudden you just start doing it one day. Yeah. Because it just like got logged in your subconscious. Yes. Like, okay. When something's important, highlight it, whatever that mm. fucking means. See? And then you go through life experiences and you figure out what is important. Like, oh, you know what I never fucking remember? Yeah. Measurements. Let me just fucking... Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's common. Yeah. That's very common. Well, I think that comes with age. Just with the wisdom ideas, maybe, is the... Your yeah. mind starts to get together. Like, uh, it's the my theories of being a sports athlete, right? Like... Oh, absolutely. They retire in, sports, in their you later years, all the time. but they're way smarter. But yeah. in their young years, they're in their physical That's why prime. That's you can see, like, a 35-year-old competes with, like, the 20-year-old. Yeah. Because the 35-year-old knows all the tricks. He's got knowledge. They can just walk around. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They don't have that athletic ability, yeah. but they can, they're their not knowledge. As fast, yeah. They're not as fast. They're not as strong anymore. Yeah. But they just know exactly where to put themselves. Yeah. It's That's always fun to watch. and Yeah, because, you, you know. When you're 20, you're just like full of confidence. Yeah. And you could not be more stupid. No, that's <laughs> and, that's and 20. What yeah. you do. It, but that's usually like, your well, line cooks are that. Yeah, <laughs> we talk about like the ninjas and stuff, and right, like how it's like. I didn't see that person move all yeah. day. I didn't see them move yeah. in their whole station's prep. Yeah. And I've been running, <laughs> and I have peeled two oranges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like, uh, that finally has started to happen to me working with other people. I was doing something or whatever. And they kept asking me, like, do you need help? Do you need help? And I was like, no, I'm chilling. And they're like, you sure? <laughs> and I was like, hey, you guys, I've done everything for my whole station <laughs> yeah. the last hour. And they were like, what? And then they saw all my stuff, you know, all corded, put it away. You know, I'm just writing labels. I'm like, when the fuck did you do all that? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, man, you know, maybe I have learned something overall. Yeah. But uh, Change of scenery will do that. Kind of yeah. puts you where you're, uh, where you're 
where your avatar, yeah. your stats. You're like, yeah, oh, a, this is where I'm it's at. It's all those like, you know, little different things that you learn over time of like the tricks. Listen to listen. You got to slow down to speed up. Everyone, mm. whenever I tip people that, they're like, oh, whatever, dude. You're just good at what you're doing. I'm like, what are they, 20 years old? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, bro. I was not always good at what I do. <laughs> exactly. Know? I think I'm okay at best now. Yeah. And I think once you realize that you're like okay at best and you can be honest with you, then you start progressing really fast because, you know, it's not like I'm okay with just being okay at something. I want to get better, but you're able to be truthful to yourself and be like, oh, I am not that good at. Mm. not being messy i need and you can very much more instead of just being like oh i'm just not that good of a cook and you're like you have to work on everything it's like no i'm not good at this one specific thing let me work on that mm. yeah, yeah. It's, it is fascinating stuff like that maybe i should go back to school for like psychology and stuff and just learn how the brain works even though we don't know but man, just all that stuff is mushrooms man <laughs> just <laughs> take some mushrooms <laughs> No one knows. That's what's strange. The mushroom thing is fascinating. Without getting too much on a tangent. Mushrooms all day. Whatever that thing on Netflix was. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mushroom, how mushrooms change the mind. I don't know. Everyone knows. Everyone but us two knows what I'm talking about right now. Okay, okay, okay. The Netflix documentary about the mushrooms. Okay. And the guy in there says it's that the psilocybin or whatever can actually create new neural pathways. And when I heard him say that, I was like... I think for as far as I know, that's the only substance that we have that has the ability to do that because you can do it during those growth stages of life. But as you get older, typically they start going away. You don't you don't gain them, make new ones. Yeah, those are depleting. Yeah, it's just your body is like, that's irrelevant. Like, why would I make a new one? I have what I need. I'm, I'm chilling. Yeah. And so that's like that's like Pandora's box almost like. Like, how many new neural pathways can we connect? Mm. Which ones would be helpful? Which ones are bad? You know, we don't know. But, like, at, at some point, you just got to kind of fuck around and find out, I guess. Well, I mean, that's, I think, that's the advancement. I think that's the, you know, we talk about mushrooms all the time, man. Yeah. It's on every single kid toy. It's on every, it's it's spotted everywhere. You, dude, they it's used huge. to be us. We, used to, we are. That's an interesting theory. I think. I think mushrooms. I had this argument with everyone in the kitchen the other day. Okay. And I said, "All right, guys." Damn! Right out the gate, your first week. Dang! Well, you already I just stepped into that world. You're like, "All right, yeah, okay, is there one of you guys? Right? Okay, I'm this guy then." You guys know my. You guys know my city, right? And like, <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Go ahead and tell me that's not the World Wide Web," and they were like, "Ah," I was like, "No, go ahead, go ahead, tell me it's not." Wow, they have to look it up on their phone. Uh, it's it was like, like literally a web underground that goes around the world. So go ahead, tell me it's not it's the a lot. And they're like, it's "All right, and like, where are you going with this?" And I was like, "I think mushrooms used to be where we are, and they just got to the point where they're just interconnected, and they just do whatever they need." Okay. Okay. Because the okay. mushrooms that we eat, that's okay. not mushroom. No, fruit. that's the fruit of the mushroom. So that's like, I don't know, the snot in your nose that you yeah, like get yeah. rid that's of. That's the apple on the tree. Yeah. Yeah. But you the tree is the important part. It. The apple yeah. is the fruit bearing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's just how you make new stuff. Yes. yes. And, and for mushrooms, they don't even need the fruit to be out that long. Dude. No. The fruit out As soon as the fruit out there for like a day, it's done its job. It's yeah. just getting bigger and doing more. Yeah. So for me, that's super, mushrooms are super fascinating that way. Okay. As you were saying that, I'm thinking, because I have this thing learning about trying to understand, you know, like water and shit and land. Yeah. But just break it down to simple concepts, right? Like, okay, mushrooms, right? Okay. Big yeah. network, mycelium underneath. Okay, that has something to do with stuff that's in the ground, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, 
you know, we talk about food all the time. You know, what makes good, good, good fruits, good, good mm-hmm. shit? Soil, right? Yeah. Okay, so mushrooms all around the world. Soil is obviously a part of that equation. Maybe it's a lot more vibrant in other places. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? Um, I'm of the thinking that, you know, the energy that we are mm-hmm. as human beings it's not never gone. It's just recycled. So if we're in oh, the earth man, and we're, we're recycled, <laughs> but I'm thinking if we're in the, in the dirt, we are being part of that mycelium. So I think Absolutely. you have a point because whatever is being rotated underneath there. And I have a belief that those are, there's all types of, you know, bones underneath the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're good. You're good. Yeah, all under. I'm, I'm to the point. I understand that there's all types of bones, and unique shit underneath. Oh yeah. So Dude, that whatever's is, underground is going crazy. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Because if we're like, if we decompose, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of shit do we have in our bodies that will, through time, what'll that look as? You yeah. know, and imagine how many people. Well, just you have stardust in you. See what is that? Just that. See you know so. So mushrooms, it's we are. I every, do. I do agree with that. that everything to is big is small, and everything small is big. Macro, macro, micro, yeah. all that. Yeah. So as above, so below, all that. It's uh, it's when you start thinking of stuff like that too. It's just like interesting that like, what? Yeah, everything big is small, and everything small is big. But at the same time, you're the only copy of you that will ever exist. Yeah. The atoms will never be exactly the same as they were that time because there's too many there's trillions on trillions and trillions of possibilities for them to line up so every unique every experience is so unique but it's like made up by the same things doing it over and over again and like the duality of that is like crazy Maybe I should just do a bunch of mushrooms one day. I mean, if you're looking for, I mean, I'm not promoting it by any means, but it sounds like it's becoming more commonplace. I'm hearing people microdosing quite a bit. I know the mushroom experience is a lot more available to a lot of people in a lot of different manners. Um, It feels like a natural progression. I don't know if this is by design or demand. Mushrooms feel like they are important and they have an important part to play in our history or their existence with us. Uh, in the food world, I mean, they're always prized. You know, morels are yeah. like top-notch shit. You know, fucking oh, morels, morels are always are so good. You know morels what I'm saying? Morels and those are my favorite. Yeah, so I like those little uh, lobster mm. mushrooms and then those chicken ones. What are those chicken ones? The chi- hen of the woods. Hen of the woods. Hen yeah. of the woods. Yeah. Or turkey tails. Hen of the woods are nice. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of that mud water stuff recently. Uh-huh. Although I think it's my fault. I think I liked one of the posts one time, so uh, I'll forever with them it. now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they're you know, uh, mushrooms are just crazy because they, they are their are, own truffles? their own kingdom. Come on, man, truffles. Truffles. I just listened to a whole episode about truffles and how they grow the other day, and yeah. how people are trying to farm them, and like how it's. It reminded me of like trying to grow grapes. How like you need the vine to be stressed, stressed out. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's the same with truffles. You need the tree that it's growing on the roots of to be stressed out. Yeah, because that's what enables the fungus to work harder mm-hmm. which enables it to create a bigger fruit fruiting body those are uh, big in uh italy spain yeah so in alba oh yeah italy, alba that's right yeah there's the white truffle festival mm. okay okay uh although apparently in italy the truffle thing is starting to get kind of crazy because the white truffles i don't think anyone has yet to figure out how to farm them Mm. And so people 
with any kind of expensive limited resource like that if someone has their growing spot that they know where to find them they're hyper protective of it and i guess like people have been poisoning each other's dogs and it's starting Jeez. to get violent yeah <laughs> So there's that part. Classic Italians. <laughs> well, I think that's just classic anywhere in the world. Classic anybody who wants classic, money. <laughs> classic people, people in. I mean, that's drug money, uh, to be honest. Truffle yeah. money is, drug we're talking money. about like gold cocaine. But uh, <laughs> this guy in North Carolina is trying to grow mushrooms, and, and he's having some success. Okay. And Mushrooms uh, or truffles? Uh, truffles, oh, okay. sorry. Okay. And uh, But it's been really hard, he said, because... No one will really share with him how they do it of course because not. it's expensive, yeah. right? No and not a lot of people are doing it cigarettes. yet. Yeah. Uh, one, mushrooms are just hard to farm in general because they don't, they're not, they're not a plant. No. And they're not an animal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the research we have on them is just small. Yeah. And they're, and they're just weird, I guess. I think I, it has a lot to do the, with the tree. I don't know the, the tree is everything. Biochemical processes of it. I just know every time I hear someone talk about it, they're like, Oh, we just run into a lot of problems. I'm like, how? <laughs> but I it mean, it's right there for the source. Really I think for those specifically, I'm thinking the tree has a lot to do with it. It does. Because yeah. Alba, Italy, and I'm to assume a lot of things in Italy are very prehistoric, but they're all specific, like where everything comes from, to the flower, to a lot of the tomatoes. It's something in the soil. It's something yeah. in the place. So whatever the tree that those truffles grow from or those prized truffles, that tree is important. Absolutely. That tree has been there for the specific thousands. Species of tree is important. Yep. And I think around the Mediterranean, there's a lot of that stuff because the Mediterranean's old. True. Old, and it's a part of the world where the soil is insanely nutritious. Why? Why? Think is about it. it. I I don't know why. In the sense that you're asking, I know uh, geology-wise, why mm. is that all that used to be underwater and like the the seabed of the Mediterranean is also super nutrient rich. Yes. Why is it exactly that way? I don't know. I mean, I don't know either, but But I'm thinking in a geology sense that they've studied the soil and that soil is rich. Well, it does get that Gulf stream stuff up there too. Yep. Which is the Gulf stream goes all the way to Florida and goes all the way back up as far as like Norway. The way nutrients move across the planet is so crazy. Natural I, I, I save, or man-made? I want to save part of the Atlantis thing again for at our 5%. Hey, I'm all about there. Atlantis. That's cool. That's a good segue. I have okay. a lot of info. Go ahead. Okay. So to dip into that. Yes. Um, just nutrients moving around the world. I think we talked about this one time. I'm going to say it again. The Amazon rainforest, yes. the soil there sucks. Yes. Which is crazy because it's got a rainforest. So how could it suck? Yeah. What's well, getting most of its nutrients from the Sahara Desert. Because there's like uh, this right wind. away, yeah, yeah. There's I get what you're saying. Like high weather. Okay. Wind. Okay. And like they measure it in the ocean. There's all these sea bobs. Okay. So, okay. and the reason the Sahara Desert it has so many nutrients is that used to be underwater, so it's mm. all fossil debris. It's all bones that get up in the air, and then they land in the Amazon, which is wild. Hmm. I don't so, know about that. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> That's that's tough. That's, that's tough. tough. One. But I mean, I'll, I'll entertain it. So the Sahara used to be underwater, um, and, you know. Uh, there just used to be some lakes there with more nutrients, mm-hmm. and I think we've talked about. And I can't remember the name of it, but the Atlantis structure that they believe is in the Sahara. They believe that was Atlantis, and that used to be, you know, half underwater. It used to be connected to a huge lake right in the. 
western side of the Sahara, kind of like northwestern side of the Sahara. Mm. And it was connected to the ocean at some point, direct. I have seen this. The Rickard yeah. structure, I believe, yeah, is what they call it. I think it. it starts with a D, like, I don't know. And it's uh, in the corner, and it is like when it was circles. a little lower to the yeah. whole thing. And you can see the circles in, in Alexander the Great's description. Mm. It says something about mountains to the north and sea to the west. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the actual you description. Can, you can see that mountain range is still there. Yeah. So it's like if you stand there and you look to the north, there's the mountain range. Yeah. And if you stand there and you, the ocean's right there. Mm. And from satellite imagery, they you can see that there used to be some kind of water channel. Mm. Yeah, connected to it. Yeah. Yes, yes. I have heard so. of this. Um, and I've, I've seen other, because, you know, mm. we're always in the 5% weird. So I've seen other, I think it was a group of Spanish explorers that went to Africa at some point. Mm. They couldn't believe the advancement of the civilization there in mm. the desert. And they were like, there were no lock, there were no doors. People didn't have doors. But they, they had full like, structures in the desert. They had full structures, but they didn't need doors because their civilization was so like utopic that no one stole from each other. In, in the desert. Order. In the desert. In the desert. Mm. But I think, personally, I think they're talking about a time when there used to be water there. Had to be. And I don't think it was the Spanish. No, it was somebody because else. Because then that timeline doesn't add up. Ding! That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Well, you okay. know, we got to stay 5% weird. Hey, just like just how we talked about last time with Teotihuacan. Like, Teotihuacan, yeah. How does a group of Spanish explorers take over in Entire the middle of a lake? nation, yeah. 200,000. A million, okay. Yeah. It, it, when things just don't add up like that, like, for sure, it's possible. Yeah. It could have happened. Oh, yeah. But it's also highly probable that it didn't happen that way. And, you know, Victor's write the story. That's very the true. The deceased write no stories. The deceased don't write. Yeah. Okay, first point, I think the Mediterranean stuff, the water up there, in my mind, I'm thinking whoever were the inhabitants of the world before, because, you know, gravesites, they only have people who died that are American. Right? So okay. they don't have gravesites for a whole bunch of other people that were living here before in all countries. Oh, oh I'm okay. Thinking. okay. So, if, like I said about the body thing, if our bodies are decomposing and there's a bunch of bodies there i'm assuming mm -hmm. they're just being folded into the the the, the yeah you, the soil. Just get, you just get broken down yeah so that's why it's so fertile because yeah. that's just the land of literally it's the just sands dead of time in the sahara desert just cover stuff see so so the sahara desert what i'm to understand so the idea of atlantis right at least this is what i'm thinking do you think it's one place oh was it i think atlantis I think Atlantis was a place, but I think it was like the capital of a civilization, right? Interesting. Okay. So. I am right with you. So I, too, agree that Atlantis was an idea. It's a civilization. I think it's spanned it all around. The HQ, could it have been in Africa? I could see it. I've uh, come to understand possibility of Africa, that northern part that's the Sahara Desert, there was some cataclysmic event, and something happened that kind of wiped that out. I'm to assume that Egypt and the Nile River and all that shit was all kind of surrounded by water. I mean, it has to. Yeah, that's the only way it makes it sense. It doesn't make sense how the Greeks were going to Egypt. To, they weren't. And, like, all these battles that were I mean, fought, they might have, but, that yeah. were fought in, what is that, like, eastern Mediterranean, northern Africa. Yeah. Why are all these troops marching through this desert? Yeah. There's no way. They're not. 
They just needed to tell the story to fill desert time. Desert mushrooms that grow, and they're pretty easy to spot. And apparently, they're finding recipes that the Romans used to just like boil the shit out of them yeah. and eat them. But like, I'm done with the Romans. Well, and I only bring it up because <laughs> they're they're saying the most recent theory on these desert mushrooms is that is the manna of the desert that um, the Jew the Jews lived for forty years in the desert instead Through of the, the bread. I, mean, I can believe that it was just mushroom. mushroom. I can believe that, and it's been like a translation error over time but there's so much of ancient history that happens in that like northern eastern part of the sahara desert that's dry and it's a desert and why would it happen there when the rest of the mediterranean is all water and green exactly like, when they describe it as being fertile and all yeah, that shit it literally a fertile crescent okay what about this what if i said this maybe they just tell us it's from there but it's not really there i think that's possible i i think it's possible either that there's been a translation error and that they have the location wrong. And I think it's possible that there was some kind of cataclysmic event that changed the geology of that area. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because the or pyramids both. stand out both, strange. Because, like, ain't no one building pyramids in the sand. Yeah, it doesn't same. make sense. Yeah. Okay, how about this then? Have you ever heard of an orange? What about oranges? Where are they native from? Oh, okay. Uh, I do know this. You do I know did, this. Oh, I think I sent you we the We talked podcast. about this before, yeah. yeah. I think I sent you the But the I did episode. some follow-up research. Okay. So citrus originates from Southeast Asia, right? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't gone that far. Okay. so But I think, I, our Asia has something to do with it. I think there's three, like, original citrus. One is... I can't remember them now. Mm. I think it's, like, Mandarin, mm. Citron... And there's one from like Malaysia mm. and they're saying that those are the three original and that they got to Italy through the Silk Road okay. and that Italy went crazy with them because the English explorers were getting scurvy. Needed I help. I remember how got the guy the found out that it was that, but eventually the English government agreed with him and contracted the Sicilians and Southern Italians to grow citrus for the English Navy and that's why Italy got so much money at one point mm. and that's also where the mafia started mm. because of that and in that episode they also go into how it got over to the to the states in Florida but um, mm. they, I don't remember at all but from what they said and what the people who work at that citrus farm in Merced I think, or UC Irvine, UC Merced um like biologically, what's the word? Chemically and biologically, it looks like everything originated in s- southeastern Asia as mm. far as citrus. Mm. Okay, so the orange. So you said it got to Florida somehow. Yeah, I don't remember what they said though. They so had, how we they had a very clear like path to get over there. I, I remember how it got to Rome or how it got to Italy because I was like, what? Like that's yeah. how. Probably how Italy got 90% of its money was from England. Mm-hmm. Basically, England was going out pillaging all these other countries, and then they were sustaining that with the vitamin C from oranges to feed their crew, and they were just, you know, mm. Italy was just taking that money. Mm. They were like the third party, you know, third party restaurant people, like people who fix the appliances. I could you see know, that. Yes. Like the risk they are is the super real. low. Yes, yeah, yes. Those are the people actually making money. Those, yeah. HVAC guys, all yeah. those people, those are the They show up, they work for like two hours, charge you like $400, and right. you're like, well, I, I, I need it. It's Friday night. It's Friday night. You can't get anybody else, yeah. sir. Okay. Um, I could see that. 
I have to do more research on that. To the Americas too, right? Because if if the fruit is on the ship, and you see the seeds, and why would you not plant them? But I hear that growing oranges specifically is very hard. I think yeah, I think I remember them saying it's harder than people. It, it's not. It's a lot easy. of grafting. It's you not, need to graft it's a not lot of insanely things. Insanely hard, but it's a little bit harder than people realize. And there's that. Um, bacteria going around that's like killing all the oranges that they're purposely trying to kill i'm assuming could be i hope they're not I don't i'm know. thinking I don't that's what, what the case is well then we're kind of fucked dude. think about it's it this like way so this what this what goes into the whole atlantis idea so i'm coming across some information there's a person online who extensive research that has a theory that uh atlantis colony was also in florida oh uh, okay very fertile i'm down with that and you look at where Florida is, right? And mm-hmm. you look at the Texas and then the, what is that, Mexico, and then all the way up to, like, Are you talking Tulum. about, like the, the Gulf of Mexico? The Gulf, that whole circle. The Yucatan. The whole crescent, yeah. correct? So they're thinking that that could be. Was it, is it fertile over there? What do you think? What do you know I about mean, Gulf, it's anything? fertile, yeah. Very fertile. And you have the actual crescent. But I think they found the impact site of the meteor that created it, though, didn't they? No, you don't. You don't seem like you believe that. <laughs> Where's the meteor at? I think they found it. No, I don't know. I don't remember. Is it in the Smithsonian thought, along with everything else? I thought else? they found it. <laughs> <laughs> that they won't show you. I thought they found it in like just northeast of the Yucatan Peninsula. No, they can tell me whatever the fuck. They want. Okay. <laughs> so this guy. Okay, think about it this way too. So now back to the oranges, right? So he's proclaiming that orange is well in america anyways the way we understand it orange mm-hmm. juice from florida is that's yeah florida orange, orange juice. juice florida orange juice okay he theorizes and i don't know who you think the atlanteans are but he is of the idea um and he's through his research that the orange was gifted to us by the atlanteans those are some type of gods that gave us a lot of those things specifically you know the orange like he prophesizes that you know the uh, adam and eve story i don't know if you're familiar that whole bible story you know grab the apple of knowledge he proclaims that that apple is the orange the orange is the important Uh, thing okay that is what they're really eating and that happened in florida he has prospects and ideas that it's there he has proof of a lot of these stone anchors that are all around florida like miles away from the shoreline the way that the gulf is the way that it's all built it's all like hand built he prophesizes that Atlanteans and the generation or the people before I mean, I'm down. are all hand building and sculpting a lot of these things that we think are natural. But in reality, sometimes you look at it, you're like, that's too beautiful to that ain't natural. Just, just Somebody really created exists. that shit. So that's why he talks about they gifted us the orange. And if you look at that, you know, the Fibonacci sequence with the orange and uh-huh, the whole uh-huh. thing and how it's it's so hard to grow it doesn't grow in the wild it needs help so clearly somebody told us how, how to, to grow this shit and i was like damn that's along with the corn thing um he also said this one too that another guy that he was talking to brought up um alligator pears i don't know what that is that like the chayotes or whatever i don't know alligator pear i, I don't what is it the atlantean alligator pear you never heard of it no what do you have a picture of one let me look up a picture. Look it up. See what I happens. What an alligator pair. My phone is my phone just gonna explode? It's nah. just gonna say FBI. No, nah, it'll <laughs> FBI NIA. It'll everything. it'll it'll show you and you'll just alligator. you know do the Homer Simpson forehead, like what? Okay. Or dope. I had no idea. Is it avocado? 
Yes. Okay. Interesting name. Correct? Yeah. Why is that an interesting name? Why is avocado Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't believe all that. Whatever they tell you, some nonsense. (laughs) I don't know why they call it that, but it is interesting that that is the real name of it. Yeah. Same thing, because that is a, you could understand that's a hybridized. Oh, yeah. Very hybridized. Well, so meaning hybridized what, weird, what? What a weird thing to like look up at a tree and be like, I'm going to eat that, but not the outside. See, so we were giving these things, and those things are tremendously good. Yeah. So. Super high nutrient, super good We fats. were gifted these by some, maybe Atlanteans. They, they used be. to call that supposedly the Atlantean so alligator pear. Is he arguing that the Atlantean civilization predated the Mayans and gave rise to the Mayans? Or is he just saying he thinks that's where they came from or. I mean, it'd be a good reason. They're for why thinking, the I think, what he's talking about. When they're talking about the Mayans, the Mayans is a bunch of different native cultures that uh-huh. are indigenous of I'm totally down South with America. So they're all along the coastline. So when the British are invading uh, or whoever is migrating here and whoever those people are fighting the people here, those indigenous people, those people are a whole type of motherfuckers. Like a okay. lot of people. Like yeah. people from Southeast Asia. Uh, people that are from possibly Africa, some people from South America, but these are all tribal cultures. There is a lot of mixing in that part of the world. I mean, what is a Native American really? Like, you think of like Curacao, the country. All of those little countries. Predominantly black, but like, Mm -hmm. why? Caicos, Taicos. And then uh, you think of or Caicos, uh, yeah, Caicos, like Ticos, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, Haiti, Dominican Republic, Dominican Republic, or yeah, all Brazil, all South America. I mean, there is they're already a intermixed. Lot of known mixing between Asia. But see, and that part are of the they actually too. mixing, or is this just an idea that hey, you are a specific tribe, but through the years, like you're not even those people no more. So we're not even going to acknowledge oh, you as that. Like we're down. just going to usher you as this. And yeah. that's what all those are. Because think about like it, America has a million of them. Took a million, over, yeah. Took over different civilizations, and we're like, look, 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 look. You're just Roman, but you're your own people. That's what I'm thinking. But now, instead of being whatever your name was, you're just gonna say you're Roman. You keep all your culture, custom, yeah. whatever. We're just like, oh, See? on top of you. But what I'm thinking is the Mayans and the Atlanteans—they were all living together. It was all the same because the Mayans aren't, in my head, I don't think they're advanced like in the way that, or they're not uh, primitive in the way that we're thinking. No, They're highly advanced. So if they're living in harmony with another civilization and probably a couple other different ones, Mm because even the idea of Native Americans in America, there's hundreds of them. Yeah. So if there's hundreds of different tribes in America and the everyday person don't know barely any. Right. And extend that to most of the world then that means that all of us have a very unique id to a very small specific tribe but we've been taught to not you know not embrace that we've been given a history kind of smoothed over and there's a lot of effed up shit that happened i think oh for sure you know what i'm saying and i don't know what brainwashing was going on but i'm thinking in my head that's how we got here so that's why the atlantean thing as these guys were talking about it the mayans the atlanteans those are all because the Mayans, same thing about the corn. They knew how to grow that and mm-hmm. supply food for millions of people with a waterway system and all that. So they're not these, you know, hunter-gatherer or whatever you want to call Indian people. And they just dance. And dancing and singing is what life is about, actually. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. So we're off the beaten path if we ain't doing that. So that's why eating, feasting, 
with your friends and family and time. Dude, that that's is everything. Key. That's everything. That's everything. And like it, it's weird how like just the earth provides like the nutrients you need at the right time of year or two. It does. It just does. It does. It just, does it just do that, or was there some influence way back to be like, oh, let's, oh, this plant works for us because our research showed let's just start planting this mm, everywhere. Someone gave us the knowledge, bro. Yeah. See, how about this? Water. 5% weird. Last thing, the water, right? Okay. Water filtered or water natural spring? Which one's healthier? Oh, yeah. Who knows? Because it is strange that we drink filtered water, though. Yeah, that's bad. It's strange. Actually, I saw something the other day that said uh, Americans drink so much water because they drink filtered water Mm -hmm. and has less nutrients in it. Yes. And the reason, like, Europeans drink so much less water is they just drink spring water, water. so they're constantly getting more nutrients, so they're not as thirsty. Thirsty. Strange how they work, right? They tell us that filtering water is great, but in reality, we need those minerals to do that. Well, it's like they tell you that half-truth, right? Oh, filtered water gets rid of bacteria. Mm -hmm. And it gets rid of all these other nutrients that you need. See, it's part of that fear thing. That was my thing. I think the first thing I wrote going in was... Are they trying to kill us through food? Oh, uh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. And is the battle amongst us to know better? Yeah. I just, I always try to revert in this situation like, okay, before we had technology, we survived. Yes. Right? So there's got to be a way to do it without all the technology and, like, all the filtration and all that, like, because they did it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was... There's probably some luck involved of like, oh, I didn't drink the nasty kill you water. and But like at some point they figured it out. I think it's they got us. Luck. I don't even think they give us bad water. I think it is some filtered water for whatever reason. But I'm thinking that. It's just not the best water you can they have. They sell it to us. They, get, they give you strange. like 50% good water, yeah. which is enough to keep you going and keep putting money just in their enough. pocket. It's just enough. Yeah. It could well, be. you know, it's almost like where they're grapevines, right? Mm. You water them just enough to keep them stressed out so they produce better. It's like life. Yeah. It just is constantly, constantly, it's always on just the edge. uneasy. It's yeah. never fully. Yeah, you can never be fully. And no. then they tell you, no, that's good. It's good. You should, what's, what, what's a life worth living if it's just comfortable? That is true. Like Buddha says, life is suffering. Yeah. Deep. Pete, yeah. tell them what they need to hear, bro. Uh, listen to listen. Be kind to each other. Drink your water. I had another one. That was Oh, remember that communication is humanity's best invention and the thing we are worst at. And be nice. mindful of that. True human experience. And be okay with being wrong. Boom. Food Junkie Radio. P, thank you.